0: Everybody, and welcome back to the Servant Leadership Institute podcast. I'm Brian Malinsky, and today I'm with our Director of Content and Curriculum, Carol Malinsky.
1: Hi, Carol. Hi. Nice to see you, Brian. It's great to be back in the studio. It's been a while since it has been a while since we've recorded anything. So I'm really looking forward to today's conversation.
0: And I'm. Uh, Uh, fascinated with this topic that we're going to have today. I think it's such a good concept uh, to cover and it's it's, uh, um, such a common thing for people to struggle with. Our podcast is called How Do I Lead Myself and When? Part of evolving as a servant leader involves learning to lead yourself. To effectively lead others, it seems foundational to increase our skills at leading ourselves in all kinds of situations that occur in our workplaces and in our communities. So the question really is, how do I lead myself, and when is that a good time to do that? And so today, we are going to discuss three situations where we can employ our servant leadership mindset and skills to problem solve. And so the first situation that we have uh, for our listeners today is, my leader does not seem to like me. I get all the worst assignments. (laughs) So... Uh, Carol, can you go through maybe a few leadership tactics that people can can integrate to really combat this mindset?
1: Sure, sure, I'd be happy to. Um, and that really is a common scenario that you know when you're getting what you consider to be the worst jobs in the department, mm-hmm. you start wondering why and asking yourself why, or maybe you know you ask your other co-workers why is this always happening to me, and I think we need to take a step back from our emotions and really try to look at what's truly going on. Mm -hmm. So it's a time perhaps for a courageous conversation with your supervisor or your manager to try and figure out what's really going on. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that conversation and you never say, um, you know, never express any of your feelings, the first place your mind is going to go is to the negative. Yeah, and you're gonna start thinking, oh, he doesn't like me. What did I do to he or she to offend them? And it just kind of goes on and on and on. And I think what we, uh, what's very helpful is to stop yourself at that point, and say, wait a minute, let me think about my thinking, mm-hmm. and try to look at this a little more objectively. Mm-hmm. Maybe. He's giving me the toughest job because he trusts me. Yeah. And maybe she's giving me the toughest job because she knows no matter what, I'll get it done. Yes. Um, And maybe she's giving me the toughest job because she feels that I'm uh, creative Mm -hmm. and have a good approach toward problem solving so that's all those things are really really important for you to think about and when you do have that discussion you know make sure that you you know it's not that's not the simplest thing to do to walk in and go hey i'm starting to feel like you don't like me what's going on mm-hmm. <laughs> have the conversation but but of course have it in a very respectful way yeah so you might go in and approach it from the standpoint of you know, I really want to serve you. I really want to serve the department. How can I do that? What are the best ways I can do that? And mm-hmm. approach it in that way, letting your supervisor or your manager know that first and foremost, you want to be a servant. And, um... That will pave sort of pave the way for you going a little deeper, mm-hmm. to where you know depending on what your relationship is, you may be able to say you know I feel I have the feeling like I'm getting all these really tough assignments and I don't really understand why they're all coming to me. Yes. So can you you know elaborate a little bit on that and tell me why. Um, you know why you are giving me the toughest assignments, or you know maybe they aren't really the toughest assignments, and I, I just don't realize that. You know, so yeah, um, it really goes back in a, a very strong way to relationship yeah. and the kind of relationship you have with that manager or supervisor. But just don't automatically take the negative road, thinking that they don't like you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I I think from listening to you, what you're what you're getting at is. You know, through clear communication, um, you can really start shedding light on these areas, mm-hmm. these darker areas mm-hmm. um, of question and um, you know doubt and things like that that we we all have on a regular basis in our jobs. Um, but but cutting down and enhancing but enhancing the um, connections that you have with your coworkers and especially your your boss or your supervisor and. Being really, really clear and making sure that you ask clarifying questions—that um, really alleviates all that confusion and doubt and right. frustration right. And, and these and these worrisome ideas that that can plague your mind.
1: Right. And it it in the final analysis, it really comes down to: Are you going to take responsibility for mm-hmm. communicating better? With your boss, with your coworkers, and so forth, this idea of sitting back and sort of letting things happen to you is yep. not not a good idea. Yeah, it's not a good practice. And so, as a servant leader, you really have a responsibility to communicate yep. and improve the communication with everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah. That pro that proactiveness. Yeah, is uh, is going to be key. Yeah, for sure.
1: So going into
0: the next situation uh, <laughs> is, uh, is this. As a leader in my job, my home, my church, and community groups, how do I do it all?
1: Yeah, so that's a question that's a very interesting question. And it's actually one that I've been observing for many years And that is this feeling that people have, particularly um, people who are very dedicated to what they do, is a lot of times you can fall into this trap of feeling like you have to do everything Mm -hmm. and you have to be perfect or, you know, really strong at everything. And we wear this like a badge of honor, Mm -hmm. you know, our busyness. Um, We have calendars that are overflowing and we have... Um, you know, all kinds of to-do lists and post-it notes everywhere reminding us of things that we're supposed to do. And uh, and it's kind of crazy. And I think that it's driving us a little crazy. <laughs> and, and, I would agree and with that. Creating <laughs> creating a lot of stress in people's minds. And so being a good servant leader doesn't mean that you have to serve until you have nothing left to give. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we get confused sometimes, I think, because servant leaders are supposed to serve everyone, right? We, we show you an, an inverted pyramid, and we say you have to serve everybody who's above you on that inverted pyramid. But really, if we don't serve ourselves, mm-hmm. and this goes to the point of leading ourselves, mm-hmm. then we're not going to be very much good to anybody, and uh, so it's really important and we really have a responsibility to consider our health um, physically and mentally and spiritually
0: mm-hmm.
1: to make sure that we are, you know, a whole person and that, and that we're healthy. And um, this is where, you know, we get into the whole conversation over, you know, what's really most important to us? Yes. What are our values? And we really emphasize this at the Servant Leadership Institute, that you need to find out what your values are if you don't know. I mean, it's amazing the number of people that if you say, well, what are your top five values? They really struggle with it. Mm-hmm. And um, we actually do that in our some of our curriculum. And once you get those values identified, then you're able to look at all of those you know, demands that are being put on you mm-hmm. and prioritize them. So now if those things, those to-dos, if you will, are in alignment with your values, mm-hmm. that really cuts down on the stress because then you're being congruent. You're not misaligned. Yeah. And so it's it's really important to get a handle on what those values are. And there's no time like, you know, today to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't have any age limitation to it or economic limitation to it. You know, we can all take a look at, hey, what do I really value in my life? Mm-hmm. And if these are the things that I value, if family is a value for me, then how much time am I really spending with my family? Yeah. And, you know, things become a lot clearer You know, what am I doing to develop myself in a spiritual way? Because that's important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, What am I doing as far as, uh, you know, I I say education is a value in my life. Well, what am I doing to make sure that that I am following a a lifelong learning kind of philosophy? Yeah. So you don't need to do it all, believe it or not. (laughs) And maybe you can't do it all. And maybe that's okay.
0: Yeah, I think that it's a <clears throat> it's a huge sign of um, y- you know individual maturity to to be able to know your own limitations, and to know how full your plate is, and um, to be really open and honest with people around you. I think that um, there's a there's a lot of different. Variables as to why people have such busy schedules, but I think um, one that's that's m- probably most prevalent is is this fear of um, letting people down and uh, saying no to people and feeling like people don't like me if I'm mm. being available to everybody. Um, how can I say no to that? Um, these people need me. Um, and I think we put too much pressure on ourselves to, to think that these individuals that are asking things of us can't, uh, can't find other people to help them either. Um, so you kind of end up putting everything on your own back. And like you said before, I mean, you'll end up just killing yourself by doing so many things, but you're not doing any one of those things to the best of your ability mm-hmm. because you're so spread out and yeah. i think that that's a, a, the that the hugest part of that is um that we that we see all the time here is um situations with people's professional lives and their family lives and um more often than not the family lives are are the ones that are kind of falling by the wayside because you're pursuing your professional life so much and we we hear, you know, horror stories about that all the time but um you know that's really really important. And going back to what you were saying, making sure that you establish these values, set those up for yourself first, so you always have, you know, these this this list, you know, that mm-hmm. you can end up having in your mind of, you know, these are my, you know, founda- foundational values. And if those if those values change, okay, make sure that you mm-hmm. keep up with mm-hmm. them. That's totally fine. Um, but yeah, I think. I think making sure that we can we can be secure in saying no and making sure that we can we can understand that we're not a failure if we can't do every single thing um that we get asked to do by all these all these different parts of our lives like you said community family your church if you go to a church your job you know your uh if you volunteer, you know all these places can can really end up, you know, sucking you dry.
1: So. Well, and I think it's you said something a few minutes ago, Brian, about this, and I just I want to emphasize, you know, if you think you're the only one that can do things, that's a very dangerous place to go to,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you're you're denying other people mm-hmm. the opportunity to serve when you do that. So be very careful about this feeling that, you know, the pressure we put on ourselves because we think we're the only ones that can do things. That's dangerously close to ego, being ego-driven.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And so you got to take a a look at that when you're feeling that put upon by so many things um, and really uh, look at... Why you are feeling that way?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And be willing to offer up those opportunities to serve to other people. It's okay.
0: Exactly. That's why we always talk about building a, building a strong community. Yeah. yeah. You know, so you have other people in your resource bank. That if someone were to come to you on a Monday saying, hey, I need this from you. I know that you're the guy that can help me out with this or the lady that can help me out with this. And you go, you know what? My plate is full, but I know exactly the person that I need to connect <laughs> you with. Yeah. And then everybody's happy, right? Yeah. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so the next situation, the third situation that we're going to get to today is <clears throat> is this one. I constantly receive information either late or incomplete from another department, so I can't meet my own project deadlines. What would we need to change in our mindset to combat that? Uh, you know that that framework going on in your head.
1: Yeah. Well, I think if if I had to summarize and um, sort of put. Put this under one category it would have to be that we need to start thinking more in terms of strategically what is it that the organization is trying to accomplish and what is my role in helping that to happen because my department just to use this example My department and that other department, we're working toward the same goal, or we should be working toward the same goal.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: At a strategic level. Yeah. If it's shipping radios, Mm -hmm. the goal is to have X number of radios ready to ship on the ship date. It doesn't matter what department I'm in. Mm Mm-hmm whether I'm in manufacturing, whether I'm in shipping, whether I'm in uh, production control, whether I'm in finance, whether I'm in order entry, we're all working toward the same goal. Mm -hmm. I think what happens is, because we get day-to-day task-driven, we start thinking in terms of our own individual departments. Yes. And we don't think about the effect we are having on other departments. So, you know, we need something done. And in this situation, they're never getting the information they need in time. Here's the the scenario that happens or that I've seen happen in my experience. You're in your department. You need something from the other department. I need something from you, Brian. And you're over there doing your job and I'm over here doing my job and I'm waiting for you. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Now I start to grumble. That mm. Brian has never got the stuff ready on time. He's not giving me the numbers I need. I can't do my job. Now my boss comes to talk to me. Why isn't this done? And now I'm like ranting to you know about that <laughs> Brian over there. It's not getting me what I need. What if? What if I walked across the room and said, Brian, I need those 50 radios. When do you think I'm going to be able to get those? Mm -hmm. And you said to me, well, I should have them for you by 2 o'clock this afternoon. Mm -hmm. Great, fantastic. Or you might say, well, I don't know, I'm waiting for... Yeah, I'm waiting for Mike over there to get me what I need.
0: Yep, waiting for another department. And
1: and on it goes, right? But the key point there is, don't be the victim, Carol. Mm-hmm. Don't sit there and go, oh, I don't have what I need, and they're always late to me, and it's never right. That's playing the victim.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When we cross those lines, those, and walk into another silo, right? Mm -hmm. You go from my silo to your silo. And I actually communicate with you and let you know what I need, when I need it, and why.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You're much more likely to work with me. You are much more likely to work to get me what I need. Mm -hmm. Now, that's, that's a little different than if there are genuine problems, you know, some kind of logistical problem that needs to be resolved but maybe there's a way that I can help you in some way Mm -hmm. instead of seeing you as an adversary yeah, as the person that's always late now you know it is a two way street I need to openly communicate with you you need to openly communicate with me and we need to do this with the overall goal in mind and not um and not who's gonna look better than the other one. Because we can get into that too. We need to work together, Brian and I, to increase our trust in one another so that things will flow more smoothly. When there's a high trust environment, we know, I know it both from you know reading Stephen M. R. Covey's works, but also mm-hmm. from experiencing it firsthand, when there's a high level of trust going on things go faster and costs go down mhm and so to work in a high trust environment is really it's it's really exciting and it's wonderful to see the way you know things can flow in an organization when you have trust for one another but you know you can't just talk about it you've got to build it and i don't care whether you're the ceo or whether you are the last you know the last man that helps ship something out the door no matter what your position is the um, the problems are the same Mm -hmm. and the solutions are the same yeah Um, so very key that you build that trust that you don't go into this victim mode and um, you know you act in some way but always with a servant leadership mindset, mm-hmm. so you don't go in like you know Sherman marching through Georgia and say, "Where the blankety blank is my stuff that I need?" Mm-hmm. You know, um, you keep it professional, and you try and see what the other department's problems are. Yeah, and how you might be able to help.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the 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 phrase in my mind that <clears throat> while I was listening was servant leadership is bigger than my department. (laughs) And I think that that's really, really important is, you know, servant leadership is a very complex um, concept and a complex way of of leading. Um, And what makes it so complex is that there's an individual uh, portion of it, but then there's a team portion, and then there's the overall community. Um, And... All of those things need to be working and they need to be treated in the exact same way. And I think that, unfortunately, how you were describing, there are sometimes <clears throat> departments that feel very separate from the rest of, mm-hmm. you know, the, the business or other parts of the business, you know, sales versus accounting versus, you know, the, the people on the production floor if you're in a, in a, in a manufacturing business. And, um, you know, people that may be traveling or uh, people, you know, that may be in complete working, you know, out of the country or any of those things can can feel very separate just from their Mm -hmm. physical, the physical nature of their of their jobs. Um, But yeah making sure that you come in with that approach of again, like we said, you know we 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 have these values, we have these goals in mind. We understand that that we're all trying to achieve the same thing. And yes, you may have individual goals and you may have departmental goals, um, but making sure that those are still always in alignment with the overall goals, the overall values of the of the company. and then, yeah, going and getting what you need. Asking for what you need, clarifying it, and again making these connections, making sure that the connections in, in between departments are 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 strong as well. You know, like you said, with these uh, those mm. great bits of trust,
1: and very very necessary. What what this tells me is that, you know, in order for, you know, even at the individual contributor level, in order to have those kinds of trusted interactions and this idea that we have this goal really means that management, that all the way from you know the, the fellas in the C-suite on to the individual contributor, there has to be a communication flow. And people have to understand what their purpose is, what they're there for, mm-hmm. and as you say, what those goals are. Yeah. And that is a constant process. You can't just go once a year and say well here here's where we are folks and here's where we want to go and mm-hmm. um and boom okay i've communicated i'm done it has to be every single day you're communicating the mission the purpose the values and the goals that you have for the you know particular year even. um and then of course just the overarching purpose of of who and what you are as a company mm-hmm. you know, and that has to take place or the whole thing just doesn't work unless you've got you know, at a, you've got a, somebody at the managerial level mm. that does that regardless of what else may be going on in the company mm-hmm. they are very clear on you know, what goals, roles and processes are and so they can lead people in that manner yeah. Um but it's you know that's very, very tough to do. It's tough to keep that alignment, you know, there the whole way.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: But it can it can definitely work. I've seen it work. Um and it's extremely effective.
0: Yeah, I mean it can it can it can change everything around. Yeah. 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 yeah it's 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 a very crucial thing. Most definitely. Um so just to wrap up <clears throat> I know that we talked about a, a, a three main situations, and I just wanted to recap um, a few of the highlight points of, of what you guys can start integrating um, to mm-hmm. what skills you can start integrating to, to really problem solve when you run up against these situations. Um, the first one that we talked about is making sure that you're, you're able to have courageous conversations and open communication with the, the individuals that are working around you, even your supervisor. Um so that was when we were talking about getting these the, the worst assignments always yeah, and the yeah. most challenging assignments. So make sure that you're having these courageous conversations. You know, get you know, get out of yourself a little bit and go and and seek the answers that you're really uh that, that may be plaguing you. And then, again, going back into this idea of putting too much on our plate, having from a job to your home life, to your church life, to your community groups, and and how can you do it all? Making sure that you can properly define those values that you have that are so crucial to you and feeling like it's okay to say no to things and to also have a community around you that you can possibly delegate things off to other people. And then finally, we talked about how you how you can can react and and go uh, through not receiving all the information and working with other departments, not feeling this dependency and not starting uh, you know gossip and all these bad um, behaviors, but really going out again seeking um, seeking. What you need from other departments, and feeling responsible for getting your job done and getting the overall goals of the company done, right?
1: Right. right. So, really, this is for those of you who are um, baby boomers, perhaps <laughs> you remember, and and younger, um, you may remember somebody called Dear Abby, and mm. Dear Abby was in the newspaper, and it was her. Pardon me. She may still even be in the newspapers, but it's not really Abby. <laughs> um, but what she would do is answer people's questions when they would write in and they were usually relationship questions mm. um, but anything under the sun Dear Abby would answer it so this is kind of our Dear Abby that we did today <laughs> and uh, we would love it if you would contact us at info at com yes. and send us in your questions and your issues and we Them via the podcast and give you our thoughts, hopefully some constructive ideas. How does that sound, Brad?
0: That sounds amazing. We (laughs) want we want you guys involved in this. This is this is what we're here for, and we want to hear things that are challenging in your workplaces, things that you're struggling with Mm -hmm. as a servant leader, and we want to try and help out as much as possible. Um, So uh, yeah, definitely. Like Carol said, send us uh, uh, send us your um, questions or scenarios that you're struggling with, um, to info at servantleadershipinstitute.com and we would be happy to share our thoughts with you. Um, so for today, thank you for having this great conversation. I loved going through these situations with you. I have had these situations happen to me in the past, so it's great to- Oh, did too. you write
1: these scenarios?
0: <laughs> I did not, but I read through them and I was in reflection as I was uh, yeah. you know, reading them. So um, thank you once again, Carol, for being an, this podcast episode You're with me welcome. and um, we will uh we'll see all of you guys on the next one so thank you for allowing us to inspire you today and add value to, to you today all right bye thanks
1: everybody bye